Baby, I was just thinking that. And me, let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that could be. Let's talk about about sex. Never underestimate a badass basic bitch. I'm Courtney. I'm done fitting into what everybody else needs me to fit into. And I'm Brianna. You are the only one that can make this change. We're here to bring you the Badass Basic Bitch Podcast. We're going to share the untold stories and dive deep into the shit nobody talks about. Buckle up. We're totally unfiltered. About to get very sassy and inviting you into some of our most intimate conversations. Welcome Welcome to to the the Baddie Bee Club. In the study said like 60% of the time that they're with a man, they'll orgasm. And so, and men are like 100%, yeah. 99% yeah. of the time, oh, interesting. I'll orgasm when I'm with a woman. And so there's this huge gap of man and a woman are together 40% of the time, a woman's not going to orgasm. Welcome back to another episode of Badass Basic Bitch. On today's episode, we are breaking open all of the myths of sex. And I've got giggly giggly (laughs) Courtney over here. We talked a little bit before the episode and we started just laughing at all of the myths. And we're like, oh man, I'm going to have to tell Hunter and my mom and my mother-in-law not to listen to this episode. Oh, geez. Oh, man. So let's get started. Myth number one. Let's 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 go in easy, Courtney. Let's go in easy. I, is, that, is there a pun intended? <laughs> I can't. That's what she said. <laughs> I feel like we're just going to be giggling this whole entire episode. And I just don't. You're mature 30 something. I adults. am. Give yourself an affirmation. I am a mature woman who can talk about the size of Venus. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Chocolates and oysters. Let's talk about this. Is that a myth? I feel like you hear people constantly talking about like, oh, oysters and chocolates and red wine um, put you in the mood for sex. Yeah, I've heard that too. I don't know. I feel like chocolates and wine is not a myth because I think they're kind of like inherently sexy. Right. And oyster is not sexy. Like maybe it will... Depends. Maybe it adds If they're that. from the West Coast, they are. But like they're slimy and like... So the for me, the only effect that could have is like the scientific effect. Right. Whereas I, I feel like chocolate and wine like sets a vibe too. Right. And there's no study that's proven that <laughs> oysters and chocolate stimulate Why you. Why do people and, say that then? To up the sell of oysters one year? You know what? I, well, I truly believe in all of this marketing shit. Like everything is marketing. Yeah. Even cheese. Like that was a whole marketing ploy. So I'm like, maybe. Well, I'm grateful for that marketing ploy. I'm not complaining. But definitely cheese was a whole thing. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. There's a there's a whole case study about it. I'm going to send it to you. It's actually really, really fascinating. And and they they started pushing, like, why cheese is healthy? Why why cheese is important? Because they started skimming the fat okay, off Okay, no, the I milk. thought you just meant, like, the existence of cheese. I was like... Oh, no, but why, like, why people... It's good for you. Good for you and good, why quote, people yeah. eat it and, yeah, all that of that sense. stuff. So I think that there is, is what's that chemical? Didn't ex, didn't some experts say? You guys, I have to be honest. Brianna made the outline for this. And I'm reading it. 
<laughs> like, hell no, we are not. This is this is going to be an intense episode. You guys buckle up. I feel like if we're going to be raw and real, then we have to talk about uncomfortable things. Yes, I'm certainly uncomfortable. Like the size of penis. <laughs> okay, so okay. chocolate and oysters. Denoked. No, no proven science. To if that. you want to have yourself some chocolate and some wine, I do recommend it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like wine in general, any kind of alcohol might put you in mood unless it's too much alcohol. Yeah, we're, yeah, then we're you're not going encouraging downhill that super one. fast. Okay, let's let's start with the easy ones, okay? Ooh, this is true. This okay. is a great one. There's no chance a woman can get pregnant while on her period. False. Which is so interesting. Also, another mi- myth that kind of correlates to that is that you can't get pregnant when you're breastfeeding. Like if you're not getting I was just your period, thinking about that. Yeah. I have a really good friend bless her heart, who tried to get pregnant for so long. I mean, she was doing IVF for years, years. And she finally got pregnant with triplets. Triplets? Triplet boys. Stop. And then she got... No, it gets worse. I mean, it gets better because (laughs) you think about it. She waited like eight years to get pregnant. So in my mind, I'm thinking it gets worse. But for her, it gets better. Yeah. So she ended up having triplet boys and then she was breastfeeding. No period. Three months after having the boys, natural birth girl, like natural pregnancy girl. Crazy. So total myth. You can get pregnant even if you have your period and even if you're breastfeeding. Man, that is crazy. I mean, I knew the thing about the period, but that's crazy. Yeah. That story is wild. Well, so here's an interesting thing about this was all of my kids are through fertility. And because I had years of monitoring, like when I would get my period and when I ovulated, I actually was ovulating on like day seven instead of the typical day 14. And you your period lasts, what, like three to five days? So if you think about it, your the sperm can live... I'm thinking like 72 hours-ish. Yeah, sperm like lives wow. that long. Some sperm. And so it's like, if you have, if I had sex when I was on my period and I ovulated on day seven, oh. there's that there's that opportunity. Yeah, so. that makes a lot of sense. That's actually a crazy thing in general. I feel like younger years, a lot of us spend like worrying, like stressing out. Right. If you have a boyfriend, like whatever, like you don't want to get pregnant, blah, blah, blah. But you don't realize it's actually kind of hard. Like the older you get, it's interesting. Right. So it's something that so many people have a hard time with, a struggle with, or it takes certainly more than the one time. And so it's just interesting because I feel like we stress out about it when we're younger. And then by the time you actually get around yeah. having kids, you're like, shit, this is actually not that easy. Yeah. Or you get the people that are outliers that are like, I got pregnant when I was on birth control, when we used a condom, when I had my period. Yeah. And when like, I was 42. And you're like, what? <laughs> you're like, what? That's yeah. It's crazy. Life, man. Pretty incredible. Okay. So the next myth, casual sex is better than marriage sex. And false. I, I think it's false. I mean... Well, I don't know about marriage sex per se, but I would just say casual sex versus like committed yeah, relationship committed sex. Committed relationship. Because marriage, I feel like is... Yeah. Doesn't matter either way. Like it, No, you could have a partner for 10 years. It's the same. And you're not married. Yeah. Like, like committed person yeah. sex versus casual sex. I think committed person because you get to know somebody, you get to know their body, you get to know it's different 
than casual. And also too, I think like the older you get, there's something, I don't know, it goes both ways. I get on one side, I get it's like empowering, you do you, like live your life. And then on, on the other side, I think like the older I've gotten, the more that it's, the more I've like my values and standards and everything has just kind of been prominent. And I'm like, no, thank you, pass. Like, right. Well, and I think also that vulnerability and the things that you've done together I think it like makes that that intimacy way better. Yeah, you know the person. So any yeah. sort of like actual intimacy and relationship, which is why it makes the other seem like a null and void in a way. Yeah. Because it's so not exciting when you aren't actually interested in so I don't know, you know? Like for me at least. I don't I, I'm with you. I, I don't I'm, care about I, people that I don't care about. Like eh. to- totally. I I never was interested in like the casual sex. And for me, yeah. Hunter is the first partner that I've had that like knows everything about me like all of the good and oh, really? <laughs> all of the ugly literally I can't think of one thing he doesn't know even like stuff that I've never told my well Jessica knows everything but like besides her it's like he knows everything and I think there's something very freeing and vulnerable about that of like you love me no matter what yeah you actually love me unconditionally and I think that's yeah. like really attractive so I think that alone makes it so much better but also the time getting to know someone what they like like having that good communication I feel like is really a key um, but yeah also I will there's so many studies done about having casual sex like as a woman I feel like it attaches you to someone and I don't want to be attached to somebody like that right personally that you just met that one night, right? It's like, th- I, I agree. Even past like the one night thing, like even if I like, like you know, some, yeah, even whatnot. if you know someone, but you don't want to be like emotionally tied to them, like you, it happens after that. It's really interesting. And it doesn't happen for men, of course. We love that. Yeah. Well, maybe, I don't know, most men, but I think stereotypically you're right. Like, I, no, I think like the chemical that gets released when you have sex oh, got it. with someone as a woman automatically attaches you in a way to someone and it doesn't really happen with men. And so it's like you kind of have to be careful who you tether yourself to in that way, in my opinion. I mean, it's I'm like the least judgmental person. So you do you, but personal preference. Like I don't want to be... Right. I don't want to be tethered or caring about someone that I don't... That you don't want care to. about. Yeah. Right. Like why are why are you allowing them a space? Right, exactly. Nobody's in living rent-free in this yeah. head. <laughs> okay. The next one. All orgasms feel the same each time. Mm. I mean, that's totally false. And what's really interesting is I was reading a study where uh, heterosexual partners, men and women, have the biggest orgasm gap. So of like forty percent. What do you mean? Gap? So like timing when it like happens? every no, like every single time someone has sex, you like you don't women don't orgasm all the time, right? So women were in the study said like sixty percent of the time that they're with a man, they'll orgasm, and so and men are like one hundred percent, ninety nine percent of the time. Oh, interesting. I'll orgasm when I'm with a woman. And so there's this huge gap of 40% when you're with man and a woman are together, 40% of the time, a woman's not going to orgasm. And so I thought that was really interesting because like one, it doesn't mean that it doesn't feel good. Like I don't have to orgasm for it to feel good. Obviously when you orgasm, it, it feels way better. But I think that's an interesting thing because it's like all orgasms different 
you could literally be doing the same thing with the same person around the same time on the same weekday and have two completely different experiences. Totally. It's interesting too that as a woman, we won't know what it feels like for a man. As a man, you don't know what it feels like for a woman. Kind of random, but interesting. Yeah. Well, and I also think to that point is like 40% of the sexual experiences women have they, and I'm totally making this assumption, but I could see how one would feel inadequate that they're not orgasming. Like they're like, what's wrong with me? No, I feel like that makes a man inadequate. (laughs) Well, also like a man being like, why didn't you? Or a woman just fakes it because she's like, oh, well, you're having a good time. I want you to have a good time or I want you to think. Or I want this to stop. Everything that's wrong with our society. Totally, totally. Okay. I want this to stop. I want this to stop. This is going on forever. Your sexual experience should look like those in porn movies. Okay, I'm actually pretty passionate about this topic. All right, hit me up. I feel like, again, and and again, this is like from a place of no judgment, just personally speaking, I feel like so many people, I want to say primarily men, but I don't know per se, like I haven't researched it, but you know, I feel like a lot of men do watch porn, not all, but a lot, a a good chunk. And I feel like then they have a distorted view or like expectation of women. And then that's not actually enjoyable for women. And it's a whole thing. Like it's, it isn't, it like isn't intimate. It isn't actually sexual in a way. It's just like, it's like fantasy, really like objectifying. I don't know. I'm not a fan. I am not a fan of porn either. And I mean, I I actually feel like it's really unhealthy. I think that like visual stimulation can have a place for people in their relationships. One great example is if one of your committed partners like wants to try something or is into something and the other partner is not at a space in their life to to try that, then that visual stimulation breaks the expectation of the partner should do it with themselves. And so like, for example, if a man's like, I really want a threesome and the woman's like, I'm not into that, then maybe the visual stimulation like porn helps satisfy that man's desire to have a threesome. I'm not a Does sex- it though? Or does it just like make it worse? Where I, it's like now he's thinking about that. I think that, I mean, we can ask like a sex therapist about it. We but- should actually have someone on because we are not obviously experts in this field. Yeah. Well, so... Um, Unless you have something to tell me. <laughs> I am a certified sex therapist. No, definitely not me. But I think that it depends. Like everybody's situation is different. It might help. It might help. And then maybe the the partner's watching it and together and then they're open to it down the road. Like sexual experience, everyone has their own. But I agree that porn, especially nowadays when kids have the access to the I internet. I think it's toxic. I totally do. Like, and if that's your first sexual view, like I didn't watch porn. I never saw porn until after I lost my virginity because I mean, when I was growing up, porn... That was something that you had to pay for and download and it like put viruses all over your computer. Yeah, back in our back in our day. Yeah. So it wasn't like this free porn hub that you could just pull up on your phone. I just or, feel like from what I kind of like understand, it has like addictive kind of like property. It, it's like kind of addictive for people. Well, um, th- yeah. And, and I just feel like starting that is going down like a kind of rough path because that's your expectation of your partner. And then I don't know, like to me, not a fan personally. Yeah. I personally am not one to like go watch porn by myself or with my partner. And I really never have been. I'm also like... Would you get upset if your partner watched porn or you don't care? Well, so we've talked about this and I do care. Yeah. 
I do care because I agree with you. I think it it leads to false expectations. And how is that any different, by the way? So there's like all these like Instagram accounts where the girls are very like half naked, all this. Well, and then you have some, like that on what's the what's the thing that people oh OnlyFans? Like yeah. how is that different? Some than people that? don't have the same viewpoint as me. Some people like what well, some women like watching porn. Totally. People and that's completely like up watching to them. it with their partner. So that's why those things exist. But like if I found out that Hunter went to only OnlyFans, like <laughs> that to me is a form of cheating. See, I think it's what I think is interesting too is that like it in both you and I, I keep saying this, but it's just true, especially in an episode like this, are very not judgmental as far as you do you. But here's what I like. Right. Here's what you like. So here's in a relationship what is important to me, set those boundaries. If if it's in not important to you or if it's something that you enjoy, then that's a different type of boundary. Yeah. Or if you don't have, you know what I mean? Like that's a, you live in a different container there. And then as long as your partner is also cool with that, amazing. Yeah. Whatever it works for you should work for you. But I think we're just speaking on our own experiences. Well, and I personally think that as a woman watching porn, it sets this false expectation of what a woman should look like, what a woman should act like, how a woman should react. That's what I mean. Like, Like how a vagina, what a normal vagina looks like. Like normal, It like this is fake. All of that porn is fake. And I think too, it's very like sexist. Like it's all, so much of it is like the woman's like doing this and that. And like, again, like in personally in our society, like, yeah, I think it's, I think it can be dangerous. So, and I, I just don't like it. Like in the sense of as a woman looking at who's like how women being objectified. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, everything is so sexualized too. Like you go to Europe and stuff, it's really interesting. And there's like topless beaches and nude beaches. Right. You can see someone walking around topless and not be turned on like as a man, like it's just a, a body part. Right. But I think that a lot of um, what has happened in America is everything is hypersexualized. Oh, totally. Like, so it's like, like you, you can't wear spaghetti see, straps at school because you're like, going to, your body is going to turn on a teenage boy. Like whose problem is that? Right. That's what I mean. So for me, it's like, I think a lot of it is like an America problem. Yeah. Not like... Like a very Western... Yeah. Well, because we, as like our Western culture is all about capitalism and capitalizing on money and and that porn is a huge money-making industry. Right. But it's caused, it's like, you can't, yeah, wear certain things as a, like, I can't even get into this, but it's like, as a woman, it's like, oh, well, you're provoking, provoking him. And it's like, no, I'm not. Right, that's I'm called gaslighting 101. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's like gaslighting 101. But don't you think like all, it's so much of it ties back to that? Because it's I like, do. oh, well, the, women dress yeah. like this here. And so this is what they want. So this is what you want. It's like, no. I mean, like not even a hundred years ago, women couldn't even show their ankles. I can't with that. So this is a whole other like feminist podcast. Uh, You know what? But you're talking, (laughs) you're talking about Europe. Have you ever seen the show Sex Education? Mm. No, but I've actually (gasps) was interested because I love it. They just came out with a new season, I think. Okay. That should be your next show. Really? It's good? It's really good. Um, And is it actually about sex? Oh my God. Yes. Okay. It's 100 about sex, but it's, it's interesting because the premise is high school students in a uh, like preparatory college, like high school prep going into college. And all of 
I mean, it is very accelerated. Like they they take it to the extreme. Have you seen the TikToks lately that are like kids these days at 15? And then it's like me at 15. It's so funny. It's like well, it's very, very kids true. these days are like, they look like 25. Like they have makeup tutorials. They know how to dress all this. And it's like me at 15. It's like the retainer, like in the room, like playing a game, like, you know. Well, I mean, we children these days are hyper exposed to everything. They can see, they can access anything at any time. And so they're exploring their sexuality. They're exploring other things. And so it's interesting because when I was 12, like I didn't know what pan meant. Yeah. Besides a cooking pan. And I think for me, I'm like, that's why I like the sex education because actually very educational from a parent point of view of like, yeah, these things do exist. And again, it's very exaggerated, but I think it's exaggerated to make a point that it is important to allow teenagers and children to explore their sexuality, whatever that may be, and educate them versus shame them or scare them or like ignore it. So it's kind of interesting, but it's a I'll good- have to check it out. It's good. Okay, another myth. The size and shape are crucial <laughs> factors. <laughs> this is the first one she had on the list. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. We're going there. I like, eased into it. You did not ease into I it. Totally not on your list. This is literally okay, number one. True. And I was like, uh. True. I'm going to let you handle this one. No, no, you got it. No, it's all you. I'm very <laughs> curious to hear all of your thoughts on this. No, I think you should really <laughs> speak on this one. Because you wrote it down. So I, I gather you have thoughts. Okay. So I think it's very important to realize that I think most people will be like, that's a myth, but I'm kind of on both. I'm kind of on both sides of like, okay, does the size, the bigger, the better. That's a myth to me. Huge myth. I don't believe bigger is better for personal experience reasons where sometimes if someone <laughs> is very big, it can be extremely painful and then you're not enjoying it. So I don't believe like- But is there too small? Personally, I think there is. That's what I'm saying. So, you know. So, but the, within reason. Within reason. Like anything else in life. But what what is it? It's like in a so in a published journal of sexual health reported 56% of women were successful in achieving orgasms like regardless of penis size. But if you think about that, that's only 56% of women. So, where are the other 44? <laughs> <laughs> math. We're the other 44% of women who actually said like, no, I wasn't able to. But you also have to take into account that 40% of women have a hard time getting orgasms when they're with a man. Do you feel like that's lack of sex education in general? Because like, I do. It, it's, it's more complicated than just like, you stick it in. Well, and I think that's the point of this too. It's not like the penis does not cause the orgasm. There's so many... <laughs> So talking about sex education, one of the episodes was about this boy who's a teenager. He's probably 15 or 16. And he goes to the sex clinic, which is run by the high schoolers. And he's like, I can't make my my girlfriend orgasm. Like something's wrong with me. And I measured my penis and I, I'm too small. I'm too small. <laughs> and the and the sex clinic, like, She's Pete. doing air quotes right now, too. Well, because it's not a professional sex clinic. It's a two high schoolers are running the sex clinic That's to terrifying. give their friends advice because the boy's mom is an actual sex therapist. And so he's been exposed to it all of his life. So he gives good advice. But anyway, my point is the the girl was like, 
it's not about size. And he's like, well, how am I supposed to make my, my girlfriend orgasm? And she's like, you have 10 fingers and a mouth. Like you think about it, <laughs> figure it out. And he was like, oh, and I think there's a lot of truth to that. Where it's not like, it's not all about the penis. Like you have 10 fingers and a mouth, like yeah. figure it out. So I can go either way there. I'm like, please don't at me on social media for this podcast. Anyone <laughs> don't come at me. I'm going to tag you and if I'm going to take... you don't like it, don't listen, please. I'm going to take all of the DM highlight me. reels and make it into like this giant reel and then I'm going to promote it. It's just going to be me laughing like on repeat <laughs> the whole time. I think like at the end of the day, it's personal preference. Yeah. For sure. On that one. I do feel like there's too small and I do feel like there's too big. Mm-hmm. But you also have 10 fingers and a mouth. Yeah. there, And you should know that by a certain age. Yeah. And there's lots of other uh, extra toys that you can use to make it work. Oh, true. There are. I saw this TikTok the other day and the girl, the girl was like, if you, if he orgasms and you don't, he didn't fuck you, you fucked him. (laughs) It just made me laugh. TikTok has so many funny things. TikTok, you're winning life right now in terms of making me laugh. Okay, the other one is the pullout method. Like, does the pullout method work? And I think this is a huge myth. So my good friend is a therapist. Are you talking about with zero birth control, just pulling out? Yeah, I mean, even if you're, yeah. I mean, you can still get pregnant on birth control. True, but you're speaking about, like we're talking about using the pullout method as a method of, quote, protection. Right. Well, and if you're having casual sex too, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't use the pullout method because of all of the other things that could come yeah, with it. Yeah, you should it, definitely obviously. not be doing that. So a friend of a friend, we were in this conversation and she was telling me about how she found out her daughter was hooking up with people on Snapchat. Like she's, she's, oh, a, she's a teenage boy. daughter. That's terrifying as a mom, it to is, be honest. But like, that's the thing. Is what do you like, mean? Like finding people on finding Snapchat Finding people hook up with? on terrifying. Snapchat in the middle of COVID nope. was going to the park and hooking up in the park and she had a mask on. And so when her mom found Wait. out, Wait, Stop. Wait, listen. She was hooking up with people with a mask on in the park. Well, I'm going to finish. I, I have been saying all episode how non-judgmental I am. It ends here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, so, as a mom, that's so scary. Uh, yeah, but but so we'll get into that. But let me finish. So she's she's finding people on Snapchat. She's meeting them at a park. She's hooking up outside because it's COVID and she has a mask on. And her mom found out and it was like obviously very concerned. And the daughter's response was, it's okay. I use protection. I had a mask on. And her mom said, what about a condom? And her daughter said, no. And I just think if you think about that, just think about that and let that sink in in terms of how educated our children are today. Like, obviously, they're going to have, most likely, they're going to explore sex, whether they're 15, 16, 17. And she I, thinks, as a parent, I'm like, do you have a bucket? Because... Well, clearly this, I'm going to be ill. This daughter is in therapy. Like she's, there's some, there's more to the story. There's more going on. She's in therapy. It's a thing, but, but like. Not about her, but like regarding as a parent, I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, Kinsley just turned four and I'm, she's like 20 in my head already. I'm like, oh my gosh, when are we going to have to have this conversation? Like, it's just. This is interesting. I want to know your thoughts about this. Sex ed at the elementary level. And I talked about this a little bit on another episode was like, there's a big thing going on right now. It's kind of humorous of 
there's a lot of like, I feel like our schools are divided in a sense of parents who are like, yes, age appropriately educate my child at the elementary level, whether that means using the word vagina and penis and sperm and egg and fertilization and baby comes out of mom's vagina, whatever it is. And then you have like the opposite side of parents who are like, keep your filth out of my child's life. And I, I, me personally, like, I think you age appropriately, communicate to your children. And if they are at the age where they can ask the question, they're at the age where they can get the answer. In my opinion. In my opinion, I think the education is great. I think more education is necessary. I feel like we go into the surface level and you're just like, be safe. And and a kid's like, okay, I don't know. Like, what does that mean? And so I definitely think education is better because then they can make educated decisions. If you can't, if you don't have that information, you can't make educated decisions. They start Googling who knows what what Google tells them how accurate or not. And they're sort of left to like be in the dark feeling around for what, you know, they think could be at the situation. And so I definitely think education. Yeah. I go back to like the sex ed that I had in high school and it was like, here are all the STDs you could get and here's what happens and you could die of AIDS and you're just like kind of shamed and scared to do any of that versus like, okay, yes, these are the STDs. Here's how you protect yourself from STDs. Here's like the difference between being on birth control and using a condom and like actual, it's like like, math though. Like, could they teach us things that are helpful? Right. (laughs) Because cool. Thank you for the algebra, but I'm not using it or like, you know what I mean? That's why I'm all for like, okay, let's work as a community to figure out what do we want to teach our children and like, let's get on the same page of how you're communicating so I can communicate. But like, also I want to know what you're communicating because if I don't agree with it, like if you're going to shame my child, then that's not education. Right. Do you guys have any big myths? Ooh, tell me, yeah. Share your biggest myths with us or maybe you want to know is this a myth? And Ooh, we'll, yeah, we, can cover, we can cover it. I'll try to be less awkward next time. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us on another episode of the Badass Basic Bitch Club. Today, I was highly uncomfortable because I don't want people to at me on social media. We love you guys. We'll see you at our next podcast. <laughs>